Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Singles. I am your host, Alexis, and joining me as ever is Buchanan. Hi! Oh, oh delightful. <laughs> Happy and to be back, us- gang. Oh my god. We, we should have never doubted. Um, <laughs> and joining us on this fine episode is friend of the show, Mark. Say hey, Mike. Hey, that's me. Hi, Mark. So this episode has a subtitle, um, and I think that subtitle is there be witches in california basically is that right is that right i i I think so i think so um we have a we have a veritable spread of femme unhingedness uh (laughs) to the point of like um certainly high fantasy uh yeah so i managed to identify two undeniably science fictional songs on this record and they're not the they're not on the lauren bassfield album so <laughs> i look forward to talking about that yes yeah, good <laughs> there are many varieties of um you know uh mage and you know <laughs> yeah no there's just something estranged they obtain their expression in all forms <laughs> yeah absolutely oh uh but we will get onto the undeniably time lordy shit uh, in our third a- album <laughs> yes but before then we have a couple of records to talk about so we're going to start off with um lauren bousfield's poems this <laughs>
Which is a wonderful lot to say. Yeah, this was my pick. Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I like really fast and really annoying music. <laughs> um, and a sorry, lot of that... Sorry, thank you for giving me the opportunity to just have Buchanan saying fast and annoying so that I can yeah. then intercut this in very incriminating ways. Just like me at the back of my car at the drive-in. Woo! Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I re- I love fast and annoying music, and a lot of that stems from um, my childhood love of the project Nero's Day at Disneyland, yeah. which, uh, and I'm sorry if you are making, like, really fat, like, if you were making breakcore music now and you have not listened to this album, I don't know where the hell you're getting your sauce from, because this is, this is the primordial <laughs> soup of... Many, many things that are fast on the internet, basically. Um, From Mm -hmm. Rotting Fantasy Lands is the, I would say, the canonical breakcore release um, that is not made by somebody who is on, like, an FBI watch list now. It's... uh, It's, like, it's, they're all, all so, so good. Um, I mean, it's the, the... A veritable, like, internet Oakland legend, basically. Um, she publicly came out, uh, Jesus, she publicly came out as transgender, uh, started producing music under her 2012 EP, Locked Into Fantasy. Um, she worked with Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions as a technical assistant on Batman vs. Superman, and she does not have very nice things to say about Hans Zimmer, and I, I can't see why not. He seems like such a pleasant man he seems so delightful though uh, he's made he all seems, that nice yeah. music <laughs> um but yeah it's uh throughout the 2010s she's been keeping herself thankfully sane and busy um it's she and her wife naomi mitchell formed an alternate score to tetsuo the iron man which i wanted to bring to here but i did not want to uh make everybody sit through tetsuo the iron man uh (laughs) at least twice because that's a that is a grim movie for a lovely june morning um so it's i brought uh lauren's debut on death bomb arc palimpsest and i love this album a lot it is Basically, like, anything that drops on Death Bomb Arc basically guarantees it's going to be a Rate Your Music Hood classic. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, this is just, like, genuinely some of the most um, thrilling but also focused music I've ever listened to. It's so cool. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's still as indulgent and silly as all of Lauren's original stuff, but it's so much more, like, hyper-focused and attentive now. Uh, as opposed to just, like, carpet bombing everything with drum breaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, what did you guys think of Palimpsest? I I love it. Government, Monk, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I had a great time. I'll admit, I I do not really listen to breakcore. So this was, That's uh, fine. like, this was I wouldn't, a... I wouldn't ask anybody to other than this. <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed it. Like, um, it, it, I... I definitely have a soft spot for music where I'm just, like, overcome by what I'm hearing. And, um, yeah, I also, like, loved, uh, you know, like, peeling through the layers of it, trying to figure out what she's saying. (laughs) That was, like, a fascinating (laughs) experience. Okay, so 
did you know what a palimpsest was before listening to this album? Like, I did oh, not. Oh, yeah. Before. No, I, I had, I learned that sometime in, like, school. Um, but do you want to define it? Yeah, so as far as I can tell, it's a, it's a artifact or a manuscript which exists as an effacement or on top of or, like, reusing a previous, like, destroyed or yeah, effaced manuscript. Yeah, so yeah. it comes with this implicit idea of, like, something having been there previously and being disappeared or transformed or, you know, worked through or superimposed upon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's just, like, like a fascinating way... Yeah, it's a fascinating way of thinking about this whole record because it, you know, is full of layers. Like, very specifically, its construction is full of... Yeah, what feel like almost pop songs, which are, like, hiding, des- like, mm-hmm. desperate to emerge underneath, sh- like, skittering patterns of noise, breaks. Um, d- sometimes whole other songs laid on top of them. Yes, um, I was I was going to make uh, this point later, but um, yeah, I, it's I want to it's absolutely no offense or disrespect intended, but Holly Herndon and Umru need to pay respects right the fuck now, like yeah. right the right the fuck now. I don't care if like Holly said something on a podcast or whatever, or if Umru's done like a remix. Make a track, make a track with Lauren, and make the songs that you guys have been trying to make. One love. <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh speaking to like the lyrics um there it's like uh, th- this is where i think lauren's intense like sprawling uh like spatters of like ideas um like really shines um on uh on the first track if we save uh if we save just one child there's there, there's this one line that it's just I believe in insurrection he said at the end of the trailer which is that it's I don't know like it's what the fuck what movie is that what movie are you fucking talking <laughs> about that's so cool um but it's um I I found that there's a there's like not necessarily a narrative but a particular framing for this album that's there's there's a wounded resentment at uh, conformity and bureaucratic suburban life on this record. Um, yeah. Where it's, there are, there are so many instances uh, in like the lyrics and in like the song titles of like a child being hurt, a child running um, juxtaposed with um completely normal and at times like apocalyptic imagery uh it's it, it's just like looking at some of this stuff um like it's it's dramatic it's a draft track two literally says dramatic devices such as staging props working scripts carefully arranged and i think that sort of speaks to the uh the songwriting process across this whole record is just incredible yeah, it's also, um, sorry, go on. No, 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 please do. Go for it. Oh, I was just going to say that, um, I, I don't like, I want to specify when I said that I was kind of like digging through to get to the vocals. Um, that's literally like, I, I can't imagine the person who follows the vocals on their first listen through of this album. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how that would no, be physically absolutely. possible. You'd have to have uh, like uh heightened animal ear- hearing or some shit. 
<laughs> it's it's you either have the liner notes or you're paying a visit to Doctor Genius every track. Yes, yes. Um, and like the thing that's cool about that, I think, is that it gives you the feeling that whatever kind of meaning is here, even that is uh, <laughs> like going to be under a layer of effort. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the the thing that is getting between you and whatever is happening conceptually is like so much more raw than that. No, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's there's a there's I I picture even like a desperation in clawing these lyrics out of the waveforms themselves. Like yeah. it's yeah. it is all it's again like literally a palimpsest but like literally like digging through the layers. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to give a special shout out to track 5 Another World is Possible presented by US Bank for being the like fucking awesomest track title I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so good. It's oh, so good. Uh, yeah, the, the the like, it's so interesting to try and. I mean, obviously, like there is clearly this double A thing of like intensely emotional gripping lyricism underneath the level of like, you know, a mix of technical bureaucracy and alienated app like. Um you know alienated work culture and like terrible experience of space and like place and like what mechanically like plays those rules in the music like often shifts like i like i said there are so many things that do the work of palimpsesting like that do the work of covering up the songs that are cool and like at various different points like um it's a buzz falling out the sky i think you get the sort of like you know power midi um, piano stuff that like again mm-hmm. feels so dizzying but like returns a sense of organicness almost almost like yes. it's like there's, this album plays so much with like what is covering what and often like what you're attached to in any particular moment what you feel like you're grasping towards often ends up with like hiding back underneath the surface and turns out to be the thing that was like or other way around like rises to the surface and starts covering everything over or the things that you form attachment to turn out to be the thing hiding the track at the center like yes it's an album that like relays itself in ways that like play tricks on you as to like what you should feel attachment to like starting to realize uh, implicitly maybe maybe not um so intentionally or maybe not so like tactically but that like oh we do form attachments to the very technical very bureaucratic very like alienated components of this construction and that it takes a hell of a lot of effort to return to the things that are cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. That I is... was gonna say, speaking about like birds having like that piano, uh, it's half of this album uh, really sounds like Lauren took a page out of like Kota Hoshino's book and just started writing like armored core songs, yeah. <laughs> um, where it's like really like disparate mishmash rock stuff coming together, but also just distorting the hell out of it it's awesome yeah there's a there's a real sense of drama to her songwriting mm-hmm. there's a real sense of like kind of epic scale like it doesn't i wouldn't ever kind of call it either romantic or gothic those don't seem like the right words but there is a, a like a sense of formality almost to a lot of her, her writing and again i think some of that co- comes out of like the uprightness the archness of the, the of the like harmonic lines it also comes a lot out of, you know, it's it's the kind of music that really is on a grid that like 
pummels you with its like technical brilliance in a lot of ways. And like, while it does slip into noise at a lot of points, while it slips into glitch at a lot of points, like it comes back to a really like particular scary, you know, horror-y sensibility with like what it wants to do with melody and harmony. That I just, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun place to be all the time. Really dramatic, almost melodramatic place to be all the time. Which I really used to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, um, this album fucking rocks. Yeah, it's so Yeah, good. it slams. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's, we're we're all just kind of like circling around like this album honks in yeah, many that, in many many ways but, but i mean like trying to capture its emotional space is so difficult or it is like, it's oh, it's man. not it's not difficult because it's like diffused over so many layers like it yeah. feels like it's a diffuse anger but displaced onto other things and like hidden underneath so many layers of like construction and reconstruction i of, mm-hmm. like digging into what it's like there is no like bit of the album that is more the true album but it feels like yeah the whole process is about the play of picking through the surface layers yeah so yeah fun. yeah i was actually thinking this earlier a little bit like you mentioned the idea of trying to get to the core of the music um but i do think like ultimately what happens is you you sift through you dig through what you're hearing and you don't find like a true core you just find the combination yeah. of everything um i i was really struck by how like you know, you mentioned there's all of this, like, child harm in this story, but there's also a lot of cynicism about, like, the way people talk about trauma. And so it's like, you can never, uh, you can never relax into a given interpretation and be like, oh, this is an album about how you were hurt and how you're going to cope with it now, right? And it's also an mm-hmm. album about how that's the fucking <laughs> stupid thing to make an album about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fucking rules. I, yeah. d- I will say, like, my, my favorite, like, experiment in the form of doing this is a big box store. Uh, full mm. title, sorry. A big box store mouth to the shape of how fun it is before it disappears. Again, just, like, winding little idea there that's so cool. But this is the track that I was thinking of when I was saying, like, a song effaced by another song. Because mm-hmm. you get what amounts to, like, an early 90s rave track, like, almost forming, but they're, like, open 808, hi-hat, and they're, like buzzy um like rave bassline with the vocals just in i think a key is semitone out <laughs> like they're pulling completely in different directions and like obviously like the orchestration of it pulls it together and like through each other at various points. and again this is only a 100 second track like it's a clear dense like really really perfectly constructed little idea but yeah just the ability to hold that tension between those sides of the album, they're like really like expressive, you know, reactive part and really disciplined part. Uh, yeah, such a fascinating tension to hold across the thing. And then like just sheer technical brilliance to like never allow you to hold on to any one side of it on its own. That feels like a really, really impressive achievement. Like, I just fucking great to listen to. Yes. Yes. That's so yeah. cool. So, but you, you said you have all this history with breakcore. Like, I don't know it, like, if I'd say I have a history. Some, some um, of the history, I don't know. Some of it's I like it's when I was a kid, I would listen to a bunch of like video game remix stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, sort of organically, like would um, listen to like one or two quote unquote internet music songs. Um, uh-huh. 
So, like, lots of, uh, like, early Nero Goes to Disneyland was in that category. Um, I forget the name of the guy who wrote it. There was, there's a song that I love. It's just called Gaycore. Uh, <laughs> it's, and I'll, I'll send that over to you, Alexis. Uh, that's, I'm that, that song if is... you send me a song called Gaycore, I have to fucking put it in the edit now. It is so cool. It's th- those two songs. I remember being like, like it's. I forgot. I even forget what that Nero goes to Disneyland song that I really, really loved was. I'd have to go back and listen to all those. I guess I'm a bad reviewer if I don't go back and like interrogate what I liked. Um, no, that's I just started listening to this again. But yeah. um, no, it's like it's. It was. It's um when it's. I I also really kind of glom onto the like. Uh, like the sort of narrative that Lauren is possessing here, because as somebody who was listening to that extremely like fast, extremely cynical internet music in like a very small town, um, it's, it made things feel way more uh, personal and fantastical than uh, I think they actually were in scope. And that is something that I've always appreciated about this record is that there is, there is, there is like a, not necessarily like moving on or even like tipping the hat to that sort of um mania isn't the word i want to use but i think that's probably what it is and i just wasn't diagnosed with anything (laughs) um but um you know it's it's there is there is i i think it's i am trying to have a conversation with the album in that space. And I think I'm getting rewarded for it more than I'm not is basically what yeah. I'm trying. Does any of that make any sense at all? I feel yeah, like no, it does. it does. It really does. I, I think like, um, in terms of a kind of, uh, this openness. is a post internet kid album. I yes. think is what I want to say. Yes. I think that makes sense to me. Sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but... no. I was just gonna say, like, because of the, um, because of the like multi-layered nature of what's going on here, and because everything that's happening is so like charged, I think it's very mm. open to that space of like putting yourself in it. Like, I, it seems to me that it's it's almost like built for that. Hmm. And I, I mean, like, I feel like it's doing technically a lot of the kind of like psychic management that we all find ourselves doing in those conditions. Like it, it really is like playing out a particular kind of psychodrama between, you know, like corporate, like corporate alienated life and a really cynical, but desperate, like automatic and defensive response to it. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like it's playing the thing out in real time and not just as a simple, like two antagonistic actors, but like internalizing each other in these like complex and evolving ways, like, eating each other, digesting each other and producing new stuff constantly out of the like mushing and interaction between them. Like it feels a very psychodramatic album and really powerful because of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's really good. But yeah, I did also like my my history with Breakcore started basically with being a drum and bass kid and finding Venetian snares. And when you said um, coolest Breakcore not made by people who are now, uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the things like watch lists are like yeah, Omega octuple cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I was slightly worried with the things about Venetian snares that I don't actually know. But yeah, I've never listened to any Venetian snare song. It's pretty good. Um, it's, it's, while I'm here, fuck you, Square Pusher. You're not cool because you could just make the drums go fucking fast. <laughs> okay, but he does make the drums go kind of fucking fast. Is that not worth yeah, like, something? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, Square Pusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pencil Pusher. I, I have no, I have no, I have no problem with Square Pusher. It's, yeah, I, like, uh, I, I have no idea where this came from, but I appreciate. No, it. it's I just that used to be an old joke. It's there. There's like some OG, like eight year old, uh, like eight years long Boo Crew. Um, that that is a joke towards who are definitely listening because I'm talking about a uh, a Lauren Bosefield uh, record. So that one that one was for you guys. <laughs> Fantastic, God. I, the, the idea of the like decade long Boo Crew is like a terrifying prospect. I mean, it's I, scary as fuck. I mean, You're I, telling I again. Me. <laughs> I do remember like finding you on the internet because of Vaporwave and that being a thing that just like wrecks my mind in on a basic level. Oh, but at the same that, fuck I, that. <laughs> I know, but also it does oh, mean man. that like you know, twenty thirteen is not an unreasonable time to co- come into contact with that sh- that kind of shit. So yeah, all of which is to say, all of which is to say, like the the end that I have with this stuff is with stuff that is so much more breaks focused that it feels like a kind of like, it feels so much more explosive and so much more charged when you really do finally get like, oh no, breaks clatter through the, the mix and like smash through it. Um, it's a really, really cathartic moment whenever it does. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it means that the sound palette is really overwhelmingly technically impressive and like incredibly detailed and textured without ever sinking into the like, kind of overwrought sound design first, like, you know, like, I don't know whether it's like neuro shit or like EDM-y stuff. Like there is so much brought out of like what's clearly glitch, what's clearly like fucking with existing textures and like breaking existing textures. And that feels like such a, that like a tactile and interesting place to be playing with when like so many of the other options are either like so confrontationally break forward or otherwise just like working with an entirely different palette. This feels like such a cool, cool middle ground. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Oh, uh, uh, before I launch into, uh, cover watch here, Mm. uh, because I feel like we've, uh, I feel like this is a good organic point for us to begin moving on. Yeah. Uh, I hear that. Uh, Lauren has a new album coming out uh, July, I think it's like July 20th or something, called Salesforce on uh, the uh, the inimitable Orange Milk Records. Hey, yo. Uh, 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 do, do we need an Orange Milk watch? Every time Orange Milk is a label gets ooh, mentioned. You, uh, you know, I think that might be pretty good. It's, uh, okay. it's, uh, what, it's, it's got an Ada a... Rook feature, which I'm really <sighs> excited about. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, what, what's the noise I need to drop in for orange milk? Because like milk noises seem a bit. Um, know. it's get something from like uh like a giant claw album. Uh, uh yeah, I'll, I, uh, I'll uh, get the uh from a uh so- soft channel the Adele like oh from that's uh, a shout. like 
the the start of Soft Channel 001, mm-hmm. and then just put like Milk Watch over that or something. <laughs> milk Watch. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Lauren has a new album coming out next month, which. I was kind of hoping would be pushed forward so we could talk about that because I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, but otherwise, it's I'll, I'll talk about an older but just as good album, I guess. I mean, uh, I mean the seven fucking rules. I don't think we can complain it's, too much. It's, no, it's... Uh, it's uh, fuck me. Uh, Palimpsest's cover. Um, I think... Uh, I don't know who designed it, unfortunately. Um, the, it's, uh, speaking of, like, that, you know, the early internet, like, vaporwave origins, um, this completely scans as, like, a vaporwave cover to me. Like. Yes, absolutely. Um, like, YouTube screen cap, uh, distortion of, like, analog tech, plus the, um, and it's, I, uh, Lauren, I'm very sorry, poorly formatted, aligning all text. Yeah. Uh, almost like an obi strip on the left uh scans is very um it's uh it's that's 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 very that's very very vaporwave that's very dmt tapes if you know you know yeah um and i think it sort of uh i think it sort of doesn't do a whole lot of justice to the uh generally like well composed like depth and like the scope of sounds that are happening on here at the exact same time i am also very happy uh with the fact that it's you know it's that no canonical designer uh got their hands on this like it's lauren didn't like try to hit somebody up from like the the uh the film scoring days and was like hey it's let's make this pretty like it's i like that there's no aesthetic center to this i think yeah. it's that feels that feels genuinely bold and i really like that yeah the, I, i'm not gonna say the cover's scuffed it's just that like it feels like it would be doing it would be doing the album a disservice to like pretty it up because the album's that's so what i'm saying like clearly yeah. about like you know playing with the fucked upness that like, it's yeah it's i don't think they were around doing, the i don't think inside, yeah. yeah i don't think lauren intended to do like a like a double like ironic reach around like oh this is low but like, it's just yeah. uh it's just an album cover with a um quote-unquote low budget aesthetic and i yeah that that is something that i am thankful for at the same time as i was like oh that's we could have done a little there but it's <laughs> all good it's all good yeah um, um and uh, is it time to inaugurate a new section thank you for calling that combo that i was bringing up alexis i have you, a new you, you uh for, me in and i uh <laughs> smash that one down for one night only i have a new mini segment uh because we have uh we have really stumbled upon um like a uniquely um anachronistic but also appropriate running theme for these records uh, and I'm calling it Witch Watch, <laughs> where we uh, we all compare notes on what particular kind of uh, witchiness these these three um, beautiful deranged uh, albums assort to. Uh, and I have written down here 
Palimpsest is very specifically the little black mage sprite from Final Fantasy, but with boobs and blowing up everything in a PS3 lens flare landscape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not going to be... I can't top that. I can't top that. Uh, Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I took the words right out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, No, that is... uh, that it's so a, this concludes which, one out of three rounds of Witch Watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, genuinely, do you have as a you know uh, a rented uh, major expert any <laughs> any like hints or thoughts about the the particular brand of witchiness happening on this record? Yeah, you know, um, it it's interesting. This okay, I think this is a record about curses. But I don't think this is a record about cursing people, if that makes sense. Um, yes. Which I would say is in contrast with his spun. Um, yes. yes, absolutely. Uh, so, like, in a weird way, I actually didn't see that much witchiness in this album, just because I think it's not about... Um, it, it, it's, it's like uh, <laughs> the... The, the 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 magic vibes going on here are slightly different, and I'm not going to try to describe them because Buchanan already did. But like, think about what we <laughs> described. Is that witchy or is that magical in a different way? I'd argue it's the latter, which surprised me because yeah. like, uh, when I went into this, I like I think I was the person who introduced the idea that these are all witchy albums, and that was mm-hmm. like before I had listened to Palimpsest, I was just looking at like stuff around it. And I really assumed that was what I was going to find here, but it's interesting. I think there's other kinds of, uh, intensity and layeredness that would pull off that vibe a little differently. Yeah, sure. Then, uh, we can call this album the wild magic surge. Yes, totally. And, uh, get that squared away. I think. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. If y'all are. Mm, yeah absolutely all right all right we got another record up uh yeah do you want to introduce the record that you have brought yeah so i brought his spun by chelsea wolf
Yeah. Um, and, uh, let's see. I, I don't have a ton of context around this album. I mean, 2017 album. Um, my understanding is that this is about as, like, rocky as Chelsea Wolfe gets. Um, which is where I want her music to be, personally. Um, yes. Yeah. Like, if, if anything, I wish she could go further with that. Although it doesn't seem like that was her choice later on, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and, uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, that's, that's one description of it, that she's got this kind of, like, dark, witchy folk vibe that has been pushed in a rock direction here. But I, I don't know how to describe it more specifically as a whole. I don't know any, uh, if, if uh, there's any other, um, words either you, of you two would use. <clears throat> Yeah, like sludge metal is probably the the thing that comes to mind is the like, at least for the first couple of tracks, there's a sort of arc through the first three, four tracks yeah. or so that is yeah, like really so. sludgy, and that like that seems to be a direction that like is pretty unique to this record in her catalog. Yes, um, it's it's dense and slow and heavy and like any metal connoisseurs with like genre like genre knives to slice this up can like probably do that and tell us exactly how you read this record but like the the the, the slower sludgier ends of metal are like where we're at and it feels like that is a a sort of starting point that sets a template for where the rest of the record lies even as it starts to branch out into like if not more up tempo but that like slightly different forms slightly different overall textures slightly different combinations of what's happening but yeah, the the I gotta say that first three tracks is like kind of where it's at for me. Yeah, Psyche into Vex is a incredible, incredible combo. Yeah, um, no, I agree with that. Um, I I I love just like literally the opening of this album. It's so heavy. It it like it 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 makes you feel like you're going um, down. <laughs> it's an immense kind of pressure to it yeah yes, yes. falling uh oh. i i fucking loved this record um this shit is this shit is dirt this shit is mud this shit is sludge it's that shit fucking goes crazy <laughs> oh man and yet she's, like, um, kind I, of uh, using this, like, soprano howl over a lot of it, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the vocal performance oh, is so good. But also, like, she's always drenched in reverb, always, like, got a huge amount of space carved out around her and, like, just sits on top of the, like, really, really dense, really heavy, really, like, low midi mix with so much grace and so much, like, you know, ease. This, it's marked by her ease in a lot of ways. And, uh, yeah, the vocal performance on this is fucking incredible. Um, I think the one thing I will put against this album is it is very much playing in, like, that metal space. I would have enjoyed some, like, actual, like, breakdowns on mm, this. Yes. Uh, it's... It's... So many of these riffs already sound like when they bring the riff back, but slower... 
Yeah. But they could have played those riffs even slower as well. Uh-huh. Just just have like a single tom drum going every like measure. <laughs> yeah, been there awesome. are some, some occasional moments and often they feel like that almost like metal doesn't have the vocabulary for what it's like when it's even more desolate than this. And I, I think mean, my favorite moment in the record is when Vex like sort of peters out into strain, which really is just like, just noise. This is like power ambient like dark noise, clattering metal, screeching guitar cables shit. Like this is the sort of like, if you were going anywhere further down, then I feel like strain is the blueprint for where you would have gone. Yeah. And I really, but- really love it as a moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. There's kind of like a a change in direction after strain. Um. Yeah. It's just good noises. At some level it's just really good noises. But yeah, so I think for me the like I really just enjoyed it. It's like slightly out of my comfort zone because there is a I'm not a metal listener and when I am listening to really distorted like gnarly guitars, it's usually in a completely different I'll say vocabulary, like tone like this sounds really aggressively american to me and i say that in a like a positive way but just like you know gibson guitars with the fuzz pedal um it's like just a just a combo that i like don't find myself listening to all that frequently all the noisy stuff i listen to ends up being often throatier um like squally is a way to describe it it's it's when people who've listened to a lot of like sonic youth and end up with like getting their noise in a more British, like I know Sonic Youth are not a British band. Listen to Sonic Youth and My Bloody Valentine and get their noise a different way. But it, it's just like so gratifying to get like textures that are this fucking heavy and this fucking satisfying, but also feel a sense of like slightly uncanny, like ill at easeness about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just like a thing that even if you are very familiar with it, it just still communicates that so, so well. Yeah. Um I did want, I did have a question on that. Um if you had to describe the tone of the sludge on this album, what like I d- I mean I have a thought about how it feels to me, but like do you have a way of feeling like it's elemental nature and I mean that very specifically because I immediately heard this and was like, "Oh, I know I would call it sludge, but this is not a water element album in any mm, way." No. And like do you have a feeling about what this is? Oh, it's just bog real bog shit yeah it's 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 underground um it's i mean it's it's also like there's a lot going on in this album lyrically with the concept of wounds um and so i think like going into like a dark phonic space fits for me um it, it has to be a it has to be a space into which you make like a physical entrance which, God, the more I talk about this, the more vaginal it sounds. I'm really sorry, but sometimes you can't avoid that <laughs> nah. when you're doing witch stuff. <laughs> I, no, no, I no, was going to is... say, like, it's weird. We are, we're already, like, sort of ankle deep in this. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're in the bug. <laughs> yeah. We are yeah, bogged out. But yeah, so the, the thought I had was, like, this is a, a fire slash earth element thing like there is a sense of like burntness that i get out of the guitar tone which doesn't Mm. match up exactly to the to the like overall like structure of the record which i agree is fully subterranean but like there is like a a, like a a singed i get i hear the guitars and i immediately think that everything is singed and that's just Mm. like a 
a very personal feeling. And it doesn't mean that I immediately start hearing this and think about like dragony volcanic chambers and shit like that. Like it's that, I would love to hear Chelsea uh, Chelsea Wolf actually just sing about wizards and dragons <laughs> and stuff. That would be che- so Chelsea cool. Wolf power metal record would be very fun. But yeah, I want the Chelsea so Wolf cool. prog album. Yeah. yeah. I, I want I want the 11 minute long Chelsea Wolf song. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that would be really cool because I I think that like there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, little uh, bits of connective tissue between the different songs in this album. And I'm like, okay, what if you just glommed them all together? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, a, a big part of this for me is like song structure being a thing that like took me a while to get inside the logic of. And once I did, it was really satisfying, but it did take me a lot of work to get there. Like, I, I think about a song like The Culling, which is still kind of sludgy and slow but very much has this like three chord sequence that it starts off with and it's very slow and i was worried listening to it the first couple times that i would effectively just get bored because like it has its spot and it stays in its spot and explores it and like sounds all fucked up and gnarly and gross and sludgy and wouldn't go anywhere fast enough and six minutes of being really slow and gnarly is like a long time to to do that and it's just the thing that i realized is it's got like just enough going on that it finds hooks like little bits of relationships between the chord sequence and the melodies that Chelsea's singing and then just pulls it out so that by the time you get to the middle of the track in its climax you've just got a f- wow you've got a fourth chord to your sequence and suddenly it's the like most explosive thing in the whole record or yes. one of the best most explosive albums in the whole record that like it really is just about like teasing out very slowly little extensions and developments that like sometimes I like want just a bit more and it almost delivers it and most of the time when I want a bit more it takes three minutes and it fucking gets there and I yeah and like like, it took some work and it took some like learning the pace of this record and like leaning into its slowness but once it once you're inside it it's a really satisfying experience yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was I'm just listening to the culling right now. I'm like, yeah. 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 Gotta make those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um any more tracks that we want to shout out? Oh, I uh I could not stop uh I could not stop my AMV brain listening to uh Twin Fawn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's it's just got three crazy <laughs> drops on it. It's like, yeah. It just explodes. It fucking explodes. This, my whole note here is Twin Fawn fucking explodes. Yeah. Yeah, with a lot of O's and a lot of capital O's then. It's, it's so fucking cool. Like, it's... Oh, man. Ah, oh, it's so cool. Ah.
There's also some like um, great opportunities for AMV imagery. You cut me open. You lived inside. Like yes. Yeah. It's it's while we are talking about this, they just put up a Diablo 4 trailer with one of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only they were that cool. Um, if only. But yeah, God, I mean, like, okay. Um, well, I think we could put the witch watch in here. <laughs> it's like, we've already got a huge amount of stuff about, again, like the lyricism is, I, I find really interesting because a lot of it is really gestural. Occasionally dips, like I, I found it listening to the um, uh, 16 Psyche into Vex, where like it starts off really like, intimate and personal and almost like it comes very directly from Chelsea Wolf's like perspective and mm-hmm. then drifts out into something with a much more omniscient narration, much more gestural and much more like image first fantasy. Yeah. And then the content of this is like all full of the sort of like wounding and insides and outsides being like blood and integrated and yeah. So like, okay, where, where, where is the witchiness going here? I was going to say, okay, this, it's, uh, Chelsea Wolf is doing a barbarian druid multi-class thing that loves infusing swords and axes with shit. Um, yeah, I can casting, see that. Like, and, like, casting, um, like, blood magic spells that are so slow they look like B-roll footage. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, this is, a this is an offensive magic album for sure. Um, yes. I, I uh-huh. mentioned cursing. Um, I, I think that the track Welt is like is the curse just that this album uh, is sort of focused around just because that is, you know, Alexis, you mentioned those like that chord sequence from the culling that gets so relentless. Welt just is that. Um, yeah. Just kind of poured out. Um, so that like repetition of uh, like for highly evocative words um to me that's uh that's spell language yeah 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 oh and also love so good i'd love to talk as long as we're talking about the sort of uh fantasy or or witchy nature of the lyrics i'd love to just point out the one moment in this album that i think is indelibly science fictional um which is uh on static hum probably one of my favorite tracks um and it's just hidden in this uh, counter vocals at the end, but uh, it's uh, Burning Planet um, is conveniently in two words, basically how Sam Delaney defines science fiction. Um, <laughs> like the, uh, the sentence that he'll use in his theory to demonstrate, here's a sentence that has to be science fiction, is her world exploded. So... This is basically exactly that. It's clearly pure coincidence, but it makes me very happy. It, it's as though she's yeah. quoting one of the biggest and most, like, uh, interesting theorists of science fiction. So that made me very happy. Very cool. Hell yeah. Oh. But yeah, like, this is an album that, like, treads that you have to take it literally because there's no other way to make it emotionally make sense line all the way yes. through it. Like... That that I think feels like the, the the like core to it to me. Like there is no sense in which I could listen to I go back to one of my favorite favorite little moments on it. 
Twin Thornton, Static Hum, Vex, and feel those like very big overwhelming images as anything other than like very directly what it wants to be about and what it wants to communicate because like that's you know that's the, the world exploded of the thing it is yes. exactly where it's landed as like this is the vocabulary to express the feelings of the thing no question yeah it's that. not it's not like allegory uh you know no uh cover watch oh i love this cover uh it's uh, chelsea wolf looks like a little thing on this album yeah cover. she's she's um she's a creature she's yeah. a pile she's a thing yeah she's like a clump on the ground <laughs> yeah. um it's uh it's i mean like it's there are there are so many uh uh pictures from this press shoot where it's like there's there's more uh like uh like limbs <laughs> stretching out or like unusual posture but it's i i do really love that they picked this one where it's like she's like almost going to spring out at you jump scare style if you look at her the wrong way yeah this is like, one of those like, I, bad, I can tell this is one of those badly drawn cats this is one of those badly drawn cats <laughs> things where the cat <laughs> is just shot at a particular angle so it is just a circle like it this is, is a human like, who is just from this perspective it's like log. her hair becomes like cocker spaniel ears on both yeah. sides of her here it's uh it's so cool. she's a little thing she's like yeah. a uh, she's like a she's like a loaf on the floor there but uh, yeah i but mean like, like she's also going to kill you yes. if you say that <laughs> yes no i mean like the, the formlessness is so important like the formlessness that, that just like gestures at the all the things it could ooze out into being like the capaciousness of what it is around this is like so scary. <laughs> the potentiality of it is so scary <laughs> while just yeah. being a, a little creature thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, uh, because she's in this like almost totally blank space, right? It feels like something is contained and like could erupt. It's so cool. Yeah. But it's again, she is also a, uh, like a, uh, a little blob like a thing. She, 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 there's, there's like a, it's, she's so fucking over there. <laughs> what 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 are you up to, Chelsea Wolf? You just been a little thing over there. Yeah, it's I'm, we. I'm it's gonna, it's uh, it's it's me, Chelsea Wolf, and and like a upright uh, 2006 PS3 in the same room, <laughs> <laughs> and that is just it's uh one of us is going to uh fall to the playstation 3's paranormal <laughs> abilities <laughs> what if she makes oh, an alliance God. with it then you're really fucked yeah then you're I'm, so I'm, fucked i'm dunion rings guys it's it's over <laughs> like she's gonna fucking kill me um she's she's gonna play beyond and then i'll die <laughs> I, I mean, I, to be honest, I think there was an anime Buchanan hi, uh, that will just like <laughs> shatter some of their like uh, like first layer of resistances. Yeah, and it's like an EMP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, they, they get stunned for eight seconds, at which point they've like increased. <laughs> at which point I could start. At which point I could start uh, casting additional uh, CC ramp up spells. And <laughs> exactly. <then> yeah. <laughs> start to look for a way out. Turns out the PS3 is really um vulnerable to games magic. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's it, it, it it's never had any experience in that field, no. so it hasn't trained against it. Uh, uh, 
level one in games. Yeah. It's our official review of his pun is that PS3 has no games. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at podcasting. We're so good <laughs> at it. Oh, oh man. All right, is it, awesome. is it is it time to hit the hit the final album? I think it's time. It's okay. I'm going to get this out of the way. Uh-huh. Um Joanna Newsom is married to Andy Samberg? Yes! Black eyes from across the room. Whenever you whenever you're reading like a weird fucked up romantic song that she wrote about like uh you know it's turning into a tree. Yeah. It's, it's the guy who goes noin noin on television. Yes! It's, it's, and I found out she was in Portlandia as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never watched Portlandia because it's, I'm just, I'm just not that kind of girl. But, <laughs> like it's, I have no opinions on oat milk, ironic or otherwise, so I can't no. watch Portlandia really. Um, yeah. But it's like she's married and she's she has two kids with Andy Samberg. I'm not gay. I, That's I crazy. Will, I will also say that she is, according to Wikipedia, the second cousin twice removed of Governor of California Gavin Newsom. Wow, that makes huh. sense. They have the last name, same last name. They do share a last name, but just like, what is going on over there? What is happening in California? Is and it's like it's and again, not to not to discuss a front-facing. Um, a female singer-songwriter and talk specifically about her love life. Going from Bill Callahan to Andy Samberg. <laughs> like, Andy Samberg went to a Joanna Newsom concert was like, ah, she's pretty. And then that, then they had, oh my god. The birth of Samberg and Newsom's second child, a son, was announced by the Lonely Island's Jorma Tacone in February 2023. That's incredible. That's so cool. It's, you know, it's, it's Andy Samberg, I guess, has to be like the most like beige flag guy ever. Um, so I guess that's, I guess Joanna Newsom. Look, uh, all the best to you and yours, Miss Newsom. Uh, that's, that's, that's really what I want to get in front of. Uh, here. Yeah. But that that's crazy. That is that is crazy to uh, a couple of people. It's yeah. Wild. It's wild. But okay, we've we've said the thing. We can yes. Watch, Let's, watch yeah. Our systems and of yeah. course. Sorry, I've I've gotten my piece out. Also, it's I listened to this one once after staying up for two days, uh, <laughs> working at my job and unpacking in a new apartment after I got evicted. So I to listeners at home. Alexis and Mark are probably going to be providing more key details or things that you can prove even happened on this album with a higher rate of accuracy than I will. Just but letting you, you know now. If you do want to say some bullshit, though, you're very welcome. Um, that's, oh man, that's probably but true. Let's deal with the factual stuff that we definitely do know about. Um, Joanna Newsom released Divers, which was her fourth full album in 2015. Sending the first cats over Back from the place beyond the dawn Horse bear a broken soldier Eyes frozen wide at what winter And time in our camp is moving 
Somewhere. 
starting song Nor is there cause for grieving Nor is there cause for carrying It's a slightly scaled down project, remarkably, from her previous record, Have One On Me, which was a three disc, like, fucking Odyssey. This is a much more compact 11 tracks in 51 minutes or 52 minutes. Um, out on Drag City, like the, the long-time label she's worked with, very much fits into her, like, incredibly, like, arch and artfully composed, like, like chamber folk would probably be the way I'd describe it. Like she's a harpist. Um, the harpist of the the like instrumental backbone of the whole project. And there's a huge amount of orchestration and arrangement around it to fill out the space. Um, it's also like about as straightforwardly indie rocky as she's ever got. Um, like this is about as like far into that sort of space that she's worked in a sort of consistent way where like there have been elements on that on all of our previous records but this is the the first one that like has whole extended periods that would like sit alongside the you know Sufian Stevens say of the world the first thing that comes to mind in terms of feel and vibe but like this is an album of like still immense scale and ambition and yeah I like just Mark if you've got any like initial feelings because I know with this is an album we talked about bringing onto hot singles with you before so I know yeah. you've like had thoughts about this record. So like, where where do you come from with this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I I, uh, I I think what I'll say is, um, you know, I love Joanna Newsom, and I think all of her music has this kind of like re-listening quality, um, a, where like it. I, I, I feel like every time I've gotten into a new album of hers, I've had to listen once at least to let it wash over me. And then once where I'm like tracking down all the weird little things she says. And then, and then I feel like I've listened to it. Um, so uh, that's, that's definitely my feeling about this. Sorry, boo. I feel like a jerk saying that. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but yeah. Look, um, as, as far as I know, nothing that I, I listened to during this album actually happened. So you could say this is like the best album ever released. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, for sure. I absolutely go with God, my friend. Like, <laughs> you it's go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I accept your apology. <laughs> um, okay. So for all, all the, like what's happening, did they open a ley line in California sometime in the early nineties? Um, I, I want to pitch a thing, which sure. is this sure. album does, for ha like, if Have One On Me, which is in my mind, the sort of like California is Western Frontier album, 
this feels like a return to doing that for New York. Does that like scan as like this feels like a northeast seaboard album to me? This feels like they're doing it in fucking Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a it, it does I, absolutely I feel go like, fucking full European fantasy vibe, yeah. I, I feel like the, the location of this album moves around, but there is a lot of obsession mm. with New York. Um Yeah. Like uh because, uh, I mean, there's literally a song about leaving New York, which is the most New York thing to ever talk about. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a, a song, I mean, just in terms of, like, the straight references, Sapaconacan is a Lenape place name, Lenape being the indigenous tribe that inhabited a lot of the, like, Chesapeake Valley, uh, Chesapeake Valley and, like, New York region prior to, like, European settlement. Leaving the city follows di- di- directly after it, which reads entirely as, like, a Leaving New York track. And yes. then I feel the title track also feels like it, without having a sense of like explicit place, feels very much about like a maybe more New Englandy, like fishing mm. community being the sort of like emotional core of the thing that it's spinning around. It's all about um, divers is really evoking this image of like the sailor's wife who like waits on shore or whatever. Um, and so yeah, I definitely exactly. see what you mean where she's like this... Uh, you know the the she's she's in a widow's walk. You probably have no idea what that yeah. is. No, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's like an architectural feature that is in old New England houses of like a little balcony up uh, at the top of the house. Um, to watch for, out to on, onto the sea from. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's totally where she oh, is amazing. for at least the beginning of uh, the song "Divers." Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah like this I mean it just feels like the part of the reduction in scale feels almost like a change in the horizons like this is how I I sort of read the the, the, like Havon on Me feels like a record that needs to like fill out the expanse of a whole western frontier that's in the process of being like colonized mm. like this is gold rush music uh, or music to like fill out the the sonic the, the sonic landscape of you know um like oil rushes in Texas and gold rushes in California where divers feels like the, the, the horizon needs to shrink because you're dealing with a, like a city that's on the horizon and, uh, and a much more misty, um, weather formation out in the, um, you know, out near Cape Cod. Interesting. I, I think I'm conflicted about this if only because Mm. I think the scope of this album is something I would like debate because I feel like it is going wildly back and forth between being about these like very small intimate moments and being about like fucking conquering time. Yes. Um, okay, do you want to do you want to give the the? Uh, I oh, don't know if oh we go straight into the witchy aspects, but they've, well, let's talk about, do you uh, are are you discussing um, my uh, what is it uh, my my official read of uh, Waltz of the Hundred First Lightborn Brigade? I absolutely um, am. And like, I don't even think it's much of a stretch of a read. Like, I think this is just what it's about at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I realized on this, uh, time through that Waltz of the Hundred First Lightborn is about, um, a World War Four that is caused by the wide adoption of time travel technology. Um, so <laughs> to make my point, um, for one thing, uh, this is a weird thing to say, but I actually think it fits the song musically really well because it's mm. like a, 
it, it, it's like a, a lighthearted narrative song musically. Um, you know, it's like this little uh, jokey ballad. Um, anyway, so uh, the first, like the first stanza is talking about the fourth great war. So you already know you're in the future just from there. Um, then there's the idea of the, the Lightborn as a, um, like a military unit, which by analogy with Airborne suggests that they have like light ships. Is this like fiddle technology? It's unclear what exactly is meant by that, but it's obviously some kind of, uh, some, some kind of unreal, um, military unit. Um, and then, uh, the, the, the line around which my claim that this is about time travel really hinges is, um, uh, the line about time is taller than space is wide, um, which along with like the rest of the context to me is basically saying we had fully explored space. And so the only place we could go from there was to explore time. Um, and then, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the result of this as, as, uh, is made clear in the last couple stanzas is like war and destruction. And yeah, um, this, uh, I feel like I haven't been able to make the point in a totally slam dunk way, but like, go listen to and read the whole song and you'll see that I am undeniably right. This is some Doctor Who shit. <laughs> this is absolutely it's, some Doctor Who shit. I, I can't stop, uh, it's, I really just want to pull up Adobe Illustrator and make a logo for Joanna Newsom's Time War. The, yeah. uh, the abs, the worst late 90s PC game you've ever played in your entire life. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. You have uh, to, like, manage minerals in it oh, or whatever. I, I, what I want is a Gabriel uh, Knight game, but in this setting. <laughs> I want a fucking point-and-click adventure with, with this content. It's oh my it's god. like a bunch of pre-rendered cutscenes of Joanna Newsome. Where Joanna knew some wearing like it's, uh, what I want uh, is wearing time is common San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The problem is if you're going to make, if you're going to make a point and click adventure, Joanna knew some game, like uh, those things are already notorious for being like head scratchers, but like, you're going to have to get a degree <laughs> to solve the fucking puzzles <laughs> in that thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, like very straightforwardly, the great divide is the cleavage of time and space and the coinage of the word simulacriage, like the content of simultaneous moments. Yeah, well, I yeah, think it's, I think it's that, is, but it's this... also simulacrum. So it's it's like uh, mm. simultaneous, but it's also like fake. Um, it's yes. almost like, you know, uh, w which makes sense because um, in a lot of time travel stories, like part of what happens is that uh, all, like history starts to break down and no longer makes sense. Um, and I think that may be the way in which this, like, war destruction happens. Like, not so much a, uh, maybe not a literal combat, so much as, like, a breakdown of existence. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, this has a tragic ending. Like, yep. the, 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 the love back in the now, in the present, <laughs> implores their, their, their lover in the 101st Lightborn Elite to, um, like, put a stop to all this all this yeah. warring that has been defeated by the sheer scale of time. Like we simply cannot master the entirety of forever. That is a folly. And there we yeah. go. Do you want to maybe go in on divers, the song? Cause I feel like you just kind of teed yeah. yourself up for it. Yeah. Divers is, 
so I mean, there are so many different moments that feel like could be hinge points for the album. Like the back to the back to back of Sapakonikan and Leaving the City is like emotional beats, both of which have the um. Or the, is is it? Do they all have Paul Thomas Anderson music videos? Like I, I can't remember if there are just two or there there are three. Is there's a third as well? But I like, didn't know about those this. Those two feel. Holy shit! Oh, I gotta. <laughs> Do, do we want to do a okay fine let's talk about divers because this is the one which has a very static music video so we can just like talk about this and then we'll move on to the visual aspect yeah um divers to me feels like the like linchpin of the album um i will just link the music video so you can get a, a sense of what is going on divers again like i say this as someone who is like like thrashed around trying to get my head around listening to joanna newson because i'm not a lyrics first listener most of the time but um this is a strong with such a clear interpersonal narrative that like i just find so completely gripping and it's talking i love yeah i think my absolute favorite part of this song is a moment that or a repeated moment that um Mm. truly like integrates uh what's happening musically with what's happening lyrically which is in the i guess you could call it the chorus the 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 stanzas that start with uh, a line that contains the word infinite (laughs) yeah um because they have this very like simple rhyme scheme and it's one that involves like repeating these lines about the idea of love The thing is that, like, musically what's happening there is very simple and, like, chorus-like, right? It feels like something you could uh, hear once and then sing again. Um, and so because of that, the the lines, especially the ends of the lines, the rhyming moments, feel so inevitable. And, like, it contributes to this whole, you know, the, the sense of infinity, the sense of what has to happen is, like, the... What, what this song is grappling with at the same time as it's grappling with this like truly personal relationship. It's like those two things are somehow the same because these stanzas yeah. with infinity in them are also the stanzas that are about like, uh, how much did I love you? How much did you love me? As, and I mean, the, the like content of the story is the like, the helplessness felt by the woman left ashore while a man is out to out at sea 
Well, Fishing? you know, diving. It, okay. So the thing that yeah. was fascinating to me. Sorry, I know we're just doing the lyrics, but like, there's so much here. No. Yeah. When she talks about uh, we we must abide by the rules that bind us here, this is the moment where you think it's going to be just straightforwardly about gender, right? It's going to be the sailor wife thing. But then she says the divers and the sailors and the women on the pier. So divers are not sailors yeah. in this analogy. I think yeah. I think the diver is the person who has like escaped whatever uh, sort of ha has managed to escape being within a certain kind of rules. Which means you've just ended up in a new set of them, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, it's almost like a, a far more permanent abandonment, because a, a diver is someone who, like, fundamentally stays in the water. And ultimately, the, the only resolution that, like, this uh, song can give is to follow after and, like, try to escape something. Um... Yeah, the, the the very last stanza before the final chorus. Uh, and never will I wed. I'll hunt the pile of death to the bottom of my life, and ever hold my breath till I may be the diver's wife. Like the the promise of like the achievement of this transformation also being the achievement of death, being the achievement of like succumbing to the waters, and that's the moment where you might find contact or love. Yeah. With the diver. But at the same time, it's like it's still love of this. Uh, you know, I I think I do think this song is skeptical about heterosexuality as as much as it portrays yeah. it as inescapable <laughs> yeah so i mean this is exactly how it's i mean like it's so desperately quizzical at the same time as it has this like tragic structure to to the whole thing yeah um like like and it's a tragic album questioning yeah absolutely mm -hmm. this is an album full of these sorts of like tragic love stories like that mark the whole thing and about like the, the stretch and tension that's placed on love by time and distance. In particular time, but in this case, there's a kind of like barrier of separation that the water presents that yeah. must be crossed or must be like, like, you know, forged in this case, the barrier of death. But yeah, like this is the sort of like hinge point of the album that like kind of gives it its like most definite form in my mind. Like it gives it the, it gives it the sort of like dramatic grace and like sense of scale that arrives and that you can only really achieve with a fucking seven minute song that goes through all of these different like musical progressions but fundamentally like it reminded me a lot of when we go Joni watch Joni watch oh this broad again yeah um when we were talking about a track like Amelia that fundamentally is a folk song form of re repeated verse with repeated chorus, verse chorus, keep on going back and forth, developing a narrative with the, the, the like thematic material delivered in the choruses in a sort of like repeated refrain. But the refrain like poetically enough, like transforms itself subtly each time. I ain't saying I loved you first, but I loved you best too. Um, where's the second one? I can't claim I knew you best, but did you know me at all? Um, and that's the third one, just as my eyes scan the page. Like the, the like, like the refrain line subtly changing because Joanna Newsom is far too, far too poetic and far too expansive in her lyrical writing to just have a single refrain in in every single chorus. But that like fundamentally, what this is musically is exactly that. It's that folk song development of like we have a central motif, which is this like beautiful like circular arpeggio patterns that descend and ascend, and like 
just receive more and more elaboration and more and more counterpoint and more and more expansive orchestration as it progresses. First in woodwind, then into like, like, um, what was it like? Percussion and piano, and then yeah, just exploding by the end. I've used word use the word exploding quite a lot, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it's it's such a like such a clear expression of exactly what makes her so compelling as a songwriter this like incredibly disciplined form being put to so much work specifically because the kinds of narratives that she tells can't really be hold sing held singularly by you know the kinds of forms that even someone like jo uh, uh johnny mitchell is, is using like there needs to be a sense of grandeur and scale to this because the story it's telling needs you know um it needs to fall back on itself it needs to recomment on previous parts of itself it needs to like narrate itself in this like slightly more complicated way and just has the language to do so all the time did you I think notice it's just like a, sorry go on a magnificent track yeah no no that that's all that's all did you notice that uh time as a symptom time as a symptom goes back to anecdotes yes it's so it good. is absolutely a track that like ends with the um that that like almost panicked like terrified like pressure of uh well, what are the lyrics white star white ship nightjar transmit transcend and like exploding into a bloom of reverb with a single string line that drones and if you loop the album would fall straight back into anecdotes um it's a beautiful beautiful thing it and is. like there are there are so many moments, like, I think this is part of the reason why Sapper Conaghan to Leaving the City is such a, like, a natural progression, because they're written into each other in this almost, like, sweet-like way. Yeah. Um, that, like, you get this, this, like, spread fits cause to end Sapper Conaghan, and Leaving the City picks that up, but instead of this spread feeling, it constrains it, like, like, revoices it in, in the harp with the, the the, the fifth inside the octave and a lot more like closed and like tightly wound harmony starts like bubbling up out of this um yeah her songwriting is bonkers good like i just you just need to listen to the thing and feel the textures moving it up with with and through and against each other like this has so much brilliant brilliant arrangement going on in it um yeah yeah do you have moments you want to hear or features you want to hear with bits and pieces? Um, I think we may have uh, taken on, uh, done the really, like, the things I really had in my mind uh, that I wanted to go for. Nice. Yeah, like, I, I, I will say that there are, there are some moments that I would call, like, slightly less subtle with it. <laughs> Something like You Will Not Take My Heart Alive is a track titled in a in a in a record with things that have these like long slightly allegorical slightly fantastical stories like you will not take my heart alive is so much more direct um yeah and even as it is poetic it's like just very insistent on itself in a way that most of our other stuff isn't and that the um the the, the directness is something that i just genuinely appreciate at one point at some point like having this moment of like genuine emotional power um feels like a really important one there's always a track i feel like a sense of like 
yeah, of, of like definiteness and like real security whenever I hit and I listen through and really enjoy for that. Um, yeah, it is Leaving the City where I think at some point she mentioned she'd been listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar and hearing a lot of three against two like flows in rap and mm. just like wrote the um the in december of that year the word came down that she was here the days grow short i wish like writing whole verses in the kind of cadence that i don't think is like totally commonly used by someone like kendrick like he is not someone who like does that as more than like a like a momentary showboating thing but it is so catchy and it's so like pleasant and like to the ear and when she's like obsessed in this record by like time and its control and its management and fills all of these all of these songs with motifs about repeating patterns and in their interplay um it's just like one of those like really like slightly showy but much more modern <laughs> ways of doing this kind of very directed showy performance that i just really appreciate um it's a it, yeah it's a really special record oh sorry before i jump in um did we want to talk at all about the the pta music videos because the supercomic i've got the supercomic one up i don't know if like this is going to add much to you but like maybe this is what's going to explain the very straightforward i think this is a new york album because <laughs> she is very much just walking around the city like handheld camera being filmed performing the song and again like leaning fully into the dissonance of this like you know you're looking at a street with a park on one side and a road on the other in the year of our lord's 2015 while she's singing about you know an ozymandias like allegory <laughs> so yeah like it's incredibly beautifully put together but like in that way like plays in that space between the two between the like this is a new york album and also so much more than that yeah but yeah which watch um okay i wrote this at 4 a.m at some indeterminate date last week hit it so you will have to forgive me god fucking uh, which watch colon god fucking damn it that little sprite across the way married to andy sandberg def just stole my given name when she asked for it what the fuck, dude? I was supposed to go to the DMV tomorrow. Ah, uh, with 32 exclamation points. Uh, is Joanna Newsom I'm a so, name I'm sorry, gang. I, no, I no, did no. not bring my best. No, here. no, no. But I think you're right. Like, she's absolutely got, like, the, if, if there's like a sort of scale of, I don't necessarily mean like black magic to white magic in terms of like moral superiority, but almost more like if you think about like a sound tone or like a physical location, if there's a, a, a scale between like dark and light, this is like so light compared to uh, his spun, right? Like mm -hmm. this is, this is sad and tragic, but it's like a sort of, um, you know, there's this like uh, beautiful wayfish creature is experiencing this tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I would think of this, uh, if, if I had to say, like, oh, what, what type of magic does she have? It's like a kind of, uh, I don't know, like an ability to affect dreams. Um, some kind of way of, like, communicating, but it's, like, deeply unclear. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly something that's, like, 
very interested in words and their meanings. Yes. She's like so interested in playing with them. <laughs> I don't know, like, fairy? Is this like, so, I think of like trickstery, bright, but, and slightly ephemeral, but also with a, you know, what, like a, you know, a cheeky, mischievous, like, yeah. I, I feel slightly like, uncontrolled quality to it. Is that, I, am I getting somewhere in the right? I'm, no, you are. I'm it's just, I, I think like the, the problem is in my head, I'm like, well, but isn't that really East? <laughs> and that's an unhelpful response. Ah, sorry, the, it's in the Joanna Newsom album, East is the Fairy Joanna Newsom. Yeah, album. like that's the one where she's really uh, tricky, I think, more so than this album. Ah, um, but fair, like, okay. it's it's a, not that it's, uh, sorry, I don't know why I have such specific opinions on this, but it's like she's a different kind no, 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 of fake no, no. creature. Um, much more like, uh, you know, much more like Fairy Queen Titania. Um, mm -hmm. So, sorry, which one is, uh, which uh, one is Sorry, in, in, in Divers, I think she has a fairy queen aspect, whereas I think she's a, a more, uh, like, of a trickster entity in East. <laughs> got it. No, that makes perfect sense, actually, as soon as, she, as soon as you sort of spell it out. Yeah. Oh, th th there is a sense of, like, overseeing. There's a sense of, like, observance in yes. Divers. Like a... Like a, a point of like a point of observation that's, I mean, clearly she takes a perspective of someone watching often men do work or do war elsewhere, yeah, and thinking it, about her relationship to them as a narrator. Yeah, it's you talk about her like sort of uh, you know spectating. I mean, isn't that that's pretty much literally the divers music video, where she's just yeah. like gazing down over this landscape. Sorry, was that that was the yeah yeah. The, so the 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 divers music video like is just effectively her painted or superimposed into the... Who is the painter that gives... Uh, who did the artwork for this? Yeah, um, Kim Kiever is the painter who produced the um, artworks, these sorts of, like, massive abstractions um, that seem at once, like, in the clouds and underwater. Yeah, like, it's, sometimes it seems like forest, sometimes it seems like coral... And we just have her, like, integrated fully into these paintings in this, yeah, it's quite uncanny, again, way. This, yeah, it feels very much of a piece with the sorts of, like... <sighs> Titania, Titania, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to go back to, like, reading about Titania and Oberon for a bit. <laughs> Think about this. <laughs> it's gonna enhance my understanding of Joanna Newsom quite a lot. <sighs> Alright, gang. Have we, have we... Have we reached the end? I think so. It's I got I it's I got my clean, um, extremely inarticulate messages out, which is good. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Hell yeah. Ah, oh, um, so, uh, Mark, can you tell the people where to find you on the internet? Yeah. Um. So you can find me on Twitter at Char Asnablunt. Um, you can also find, let's see, uh, you can find my historical podcast, uh, Higgledy Piggledy Whale Statements, in which, uh, I read through all of Moby <laughs> Dick, um, which if you're a Joanna Newsom fan, you should also do because she's definitely into Moby Dick. Anyway, so we read through oh, all of Moby 100%, Dick. 100%, yeah. <laughs> we talked about it. Um, so if you want to go listen to those archives, that's available. And I also have another show that's going to come out on the Abnormal Mapping Network very soon, like 
hopefully should be within a week when this goes up. I've said that on other podcasts, uh, but this time I'm really sure. Um, all right. Check Mark's feed for future productivity. Yes. So, um, so the, sorry, I forgot to say the, the first one can be found at abnormalmapping.com slash whale. And, uh, we don't have a URL for the other show yet, or don't have a definite one, but, um, but I will be putting something in the whale statements feed that will direct you to the new show. So there you go. Hell yeah. Uh, uh so just do your fucking research people. <laughs> go, go, go look up some, go look up some new podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Alexis in the editing suite. I'm delighted to say that Mark's new podcast is now out and you can find it at abnormalmapping.com forward slash starboard. There you can find the podcast Starboard Vineyard Tours, which is an exploration of science fiction studies and an application to science fiction literature. If you want to understand genre literature, figure out what people have been saying about robots and lasers and time travel. Another cool things, you know. Go listen to that podcast. It sounds really cool. I've listened to the first episode. It's really good. Thanks so much. Um, Boo, mm-hmm. where can people find you on the internet? I don't fucking know. Why are you asking me? What are you I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what are you? It's uh, no thanks, officer. Nice try. <laughs> uh, no, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Buchanan, co-host Buchanan. Bandcamp, Buchanan, SoundCloud, Buchanan. Um, I have a couple of YouTube accounts <laughs> hanging around. Um, oh, I, uh, I've also finally opened commissions back up on at Design by Boo. And if, uh, if you like the Hot Singles logo, I did that. If you like the Export Audio logo, I did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, I am open for whatever and anything. Uh, I would really like to hit rent this month, so let's uh, let's get those let's get those lines filled up, fellas. Uh, fucking, there should be queues around the block for a boot commission. So fucking do it, people. If you have yep. art that you need, Boo's got it for you. Um, yep. You can find me on Twitter at Regression with three S's. Don't forget the third S. Um, Never. Got more pod, pod, pod plans in the works, but those are going to be slightly longer term. Uh, yeah. Um, Boo for next week. We are going to be doing next week, next episode on Hot Singles. We're going to be doing a career retrospective. Uh, who the fuck is that guy about one Ryuichi Sakamoto? Oh man, oh sick. We we were nervous for the we were nervous for the Pharrell one. But we we're gonna this... be nervous every time we pick someone that we love and decide to talk about him. Um, him on the assumption that we're just going to pick men for the entirety. Yeah, of this podcast, only right. men. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to be picking guys, and some of those guys might be any gender you may so choose, but we're definitely like, who the fuck is that guying? Um, many different people. But yeah, we, oh we're going to have this nervousness every time, and it's going to be good. This is, the, this, is, this is the one that I am genuinely like, I am literally more nervous for this than I was coming out to my parents. Jesus. Uh, it's Jesus. Not 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 because of any like perceived external reaction. Just like what if I fail? What if I don't what if I don't um what if I forget like one uh YMO song that's like that was like the inspiration for like Utada Hikaru to start making stuff and I don't I forget to talk about that or whatever. Uh oh because God. 
it's like it's there's no way we can reasonably cover every single vector. No, of course uh, not. There are going to be Yuji... so many holes. But like we'll talk oh, for two man. hours, and it's going to be a really fucking fun time, and the music's going to be great. Oh, I'm so excited! It's going to yeah. be so much fun, dude. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, so that's what you got to look forward to. Thank you to Mark for joining us for this little adventure into Witchdom, Warlockdom, uh, Magehood, Magehood. Uh, into what, magic, what? I think. I've asked what you, you this want. before. What magic? That's the fucking collective, collective and abstract noun I was looking for. Um, we've had a wonderful time. You'll catch us next episode. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Of course. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.